Alright, um, hey podcast, um, we're back, um, I got the itis, um, I'm here, new week, um, doing it by myself, cause nobody's sh- nah, <laughs> I got my man ZZ, what up man? Yeah, what's good? Ain't shit, um, uh, first things first, uh, rest in peace, Michael Jackson? Yeah, that was today, right? Yeah, uh, it was today's his birthday? Birthday, yeah. Yeah, you know, Virgo ting them, you know facts, how that go, facts. you know how that go, facts, yeah, um, my birthday soon come up, so you know I'm taking cash app donations like when the rest of your bums. September 10th. 10th, okay. Yeah, September 10th. Not too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be an adult, like I wasn't the past ten years, but you're yeah. turning like 38. Something like that. Something like that. You know, it's about to retire. So, um, planning new ways to exit the game like Clark Carlito. Mm. Yeah. I don't necessarily know what game. I'm a square. But, you know, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure my way out this play game. Yeah. Without any STDs, child support is enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something you can't get rid of. Like. <laughs> you gotta, well, I mean, some of them you could. It's curable. It's um, only 18 years. <laughs> it's not HIV, but, you know, close enough. They, Anything but that and herpes you could kind of deal with. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, bet. It's good with you, though, man. It's been a minute. Chilling, regular. So, I can't call it. Heard you. What you um thing? What you been up to? Working, grinding, man. Like I lay low when I'm uh, when I'm not, you know, out and about doing, you know, different little interviews, stuff like that. But regular stuff, I can't, you know, can't call it. Oh, uh, good. You interview. So, so what you you still you you still a celebrity out here? Cause you know. I mean, love. I don't think I never cause I never fashioned myself a celebrity. Yeah. I was just like you know I was just known. You know what I mean? I wouldn't fashion Woo, myself a that's celebrity. That's what every baby celebrity say. <laughs> that's what every baby celebrity says. Like you know, I was just known. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I want to be known one day. You know, when I get old, when I grow up. I mean, I think you know. Not really. <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't. Actually, I don't want any of those issues or problems. Uh, I'm actually kind of like doing the podcast, and you know, I want to see everybody that I work with eat. You mm-hmm. know, so but in order to do that, um, you have to network, and people have to be somewhat familiar, so you can put other people in position to make money. That's true. So you know, I do that, but you know, um, I don't like people asking me oh is that you from ig mm-hmm. or yeah that's that's always awkward i mean it comes with the territory yeah that's always awkward like well the first time you you got there how did you react to that i mean like the first time i really experienced it was it wasn't even recent like i was like doing my thing on twitter for a while so so it's like years ago it might have been like six years ago mm-hmm. We went, me and my boys went to went with a show mm. to DSU, Delaware State. Mm. And, like, he introduced me, and the crowd was like, oh, oh. I'm like, I just was known on Twitter, but I didn't know, like, in person they really knew me. Like, it, it, was, it was, that was, that was crazy to me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. All right, do you still, you still get that? Yeah, I mean, all the time I get, you know, people, oh, that's ZD from Twitter, and I'd be like, oh, man, you know what I mean? Like. I feel like why a lot of people, it's it's not really modesty. I feel like a lot of people, like, the people that, the person that's getting that love, Mm -hmm. they don't really look at it, like, on the flip side. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, 
Mm. How you might see somebody and be like, oh, that's so so. They yeah. still see themselves as a regular person. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so now, do you, I mean, do you have, do you watch what you tweet? Nah, cause that that's never been my uh, my mo. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I watch what I tweet in this in this political climate. As far as I've, I don't watch what I tweet on just for the sake of watching what I tweet. But I am more wiser now, mm-hmm. and I'm more aware of certain things might offend certain people. That I may not say back in the day, but it's a whole different world nowadays. Everybody gets offended so easily. And you know, some things are gonna hurt you more than they can help you. You know. Uh, I I mean, I'm trying to figure that out now. Cause um I read somebody said um we have to um uh, that they wanted to cancel um what's Shorty from um thing from City Girl name? The one that got caught with the um with the fraud. She said some shit about like if her son was gay, she gonna if she see one sign of her son being gay, she gonna try to beat it out of him. And then I was like, oh, we gotta cancel this bitch. And you know, um, I even seen like some shit with like Doja Cat, where she was like, yo, I say faggot all the time, yeah. but I don't got no issue with gay people. I just say faggot. Right. So now I was like, and everybody's like all up in arms about this shit, and it's like. I don't know. I don't know where the, I don't know where the line is because I can see how you could be like as a gay person like I can see how you can be like super offended by it. Right. But I could see how mm-hmm. like somebody uneducated could say some complete ignorance like right. that and not know like all right, 5 years later I'm going to be like famous and right. people are going to I was going to have some influence. Right. And like, I don't I don't blame people for stuff they used they say because I used to look at old tweets would be like, wow, I was saying that. But the thing is, <laughs> I think that whole canceling thing is like a right to passage um, nowadays. Like, who's really been canceled? Um, who are we supposed to cancel? We're supposed to cancel Kanye. Alright, that, that, I knew that was going to be the first example. But we besides were, Kanye. Who else were we supposed to cancel, cancel that was not canceled? That was, um, I, mean, I mean, R. Kelly? R. Kelly's not canceled. He's not? No, he, he's not. He's not, not canceled. He's not canceled, and that's what I realized about the internet as well. Yeah. A lot of things you hear mentioned on that stratosphere. Oh, R. Kelly is canceled. Nobody's saying this in the real world. You ask the average black woman; she don't even under, she never even heard of the phrase of canceling R. Kelly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of things, and I learned that from just the type of hate I used to get online, as opposed to the type of love I got in person. It's mm. like the internet is a fake place. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's real to an extent, but it's a lot of fakeness. I think it gives you some money. It's going to get of you course. some motherfucking But money. I'm talking about in, in, in the aspect of the attitudes and, and opinions. Because this, I feel like the same people saying cancel Kanye, the next day if he was walking down the street, they would be with the crowd screaming. Mm. So it's like people take a high and mighty road rolled on the internet, but it, it's not genuine 90% of the time, because R. Kelly isn't canceled. So, you think, like, I should give back to tweeting, like, because, man, like, the shit I think about, I don't know, it, like, th- alright, so you had, um, you had an interview yesterday that I went with you for. Yeah. And, um, I said some shit, but, like, if you know me, this is, like, some, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know, oh, that's just regular slob shit. This right. my baby girl. Oh, I want to um thing. Damn it. Um, yeah, but 
Yeah, you know, if you know me, you know that's some, like, regular slop shit I would say. But, like, they were like, wow. Right. Did you say that? Right. <laughs> you know, um, I'm like, yeah, like, no, nah, no, man, people are chill. <laughs> right. Like, they know, like, like you think this bad, bro. <laughs> like, right. I've said some shit on my podcast. Yeah, I don't think what you said was that crazy. But I did, yeah, you've heard me speak before. <laughs> like, but, I mean, everybody are... There's different type of people in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some people were raised different. Yeah, and some people don't view interactions with the opposite species like that. Not species. I opposite don't. Gender. Opposite gender. I mean, like, I don't view. I don't view it like that either. But I do find it hilarious, and I do think like I used to view it like that. Right. That's. I mean, I do find like plenty of the shit that I used to think. As far as, like, how immature I was, like, hilarious. And I could still use it today as, like, comedic material. You understand what I'm saying? Because I actually did used to think some of the ignorant shit that I do say. But now, I could poke fun of it. Yeah. And I can say it because there are certain men that think as such. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't... Like, as I got older, I used to think, like, man, that shit's ridiculous. Like, how could people think about it? But I go on YouTube and shit like that. There are men who think like this, mm-hmm. if not worse. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Um, there's this guy on the internet. His name is called, like... Sotomayor? Oh, Tommy Sotomayor. Ah, nah, I don't listen to that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but he's ridiculous. But yeah, he, he has, goes too far. Yeah, he has a whole that. genuine hate for black women. Nah, but there's this dude called the Alpha Male. And, um... He says blatantly, like, lie to women. You know, I don't know, like, lie to women to get pussy. He's, like, he's done playing games. He tells you, like, lies to say, how to say and when to say, how to execute the lies. And I'm like, we've all lied to women, you know? And some of the lies, like, I've used. But it's like, I don't know. It just, it felt extra creepy to be coached into the lies, you know? Like, I don't go in with (laughs) with the initial thought, like, I'm finna lie to this bitch just right. to get the pussy. I don't know. Maybe I'm coming off as like extra judgy, but that shit was weird. So I know I'm not the worst person. I think I have a conscience at least. I mean, I feel like stuff like that isn't even extreme. I think those are opinions, mm. and you, 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 if you want to say that online, you should. I think is when it becomes when it comes to like offensive words or mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. That's not a matter of opinion. That's just like those are offensive words. And besides them being offensive words, you agree with you shouldn't say certain words because Twitter ban you now. Now you lose everything you built yeah. because you want to you know say certain words. So even if you feel like yo. Certain of them words I still say in, per- in, in person, but you can't say them online before because you the f word you will get you can get your account banned for that, like literally like deleted. Wow, you can't say faggot. No, wow. that's crazy. Maybe maybe you can say it openly, but if it's good, it's hateful speech. Yeah. If it's if it's in response to somebody, even if it's like. And you don't even add them, but it, it, they can, like, assume you geared it towards somebody, that's yeah. hateful speech, and you can get banned for that, just like the N-word. Uh, I, like, I stopped, I stopped saying, I stopped saying faggot a while ago, but not because, like, uh, it's like I, I viewed it as hate speech. It just got corny. Right. Like, I found more creative ways to call shit gay, which I, that in itself is, like, super wrong. Like, my goddaughter, she said, um, she's five, and she said, she told her father, like, straight up, like, that shit, she's like that. That's gay, and he and like it was like a chuckle, 
to us because we know like we've been saying this since like junior high like yeah. it's gay but we don't mean it like gay we mean it like it's just not like it's the opposite of lit <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's just corny um i don't know it i don't know when gay became synonymous with you know but it's not corny but it just did corny, it, well, yeah. faggot faggot is not a synonymous with gay no it's, I don't know if you watched South Park, but they did an episode on that. Yeah. About how, like, for example, I'll, I'll call niggas who's not gay faggots. Like, All being the a time. faggot is being a faggot. Yeah. Like, you can you you be, be a gay but, faggot, but. I mean, yeah, but I know, but. But being it, gay it, is rooted in, It's rooted, it's rooted in gayness because, you know, normally, like, when somebody want, like, you mentioning somebody saying some like, like, being a faggot, if they doing something, like, to you that's feminine. Not or that's not not manly in in this this day and age. All right, so what's your definition of it in this day and age? Let me tell you where it's not an example of being a feminine. Y'all chilling, y'all chilling, right? Yeah. And your homeboy, your homeboy knocks your drink over, son. It does some dumb shit. And you're mm. like, are Yo, you really a faggot? But yeah, but I mean that like. I do mean it. I, it I know has, that. I know this wasn't. I know that wasn't gay. But I do mean it. Like, it has nothing to do with being feminine. You're right. It's you just know. like you're but, a dickhead. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can definitely <laughs> see that. I can definitely see <laughs> it's that. Like, it's like that's when it can be used. It can also be used. In, and then that's that's how extensive our 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 library is. Our words we use because words we use have so many different meanings, and, and they it all evolve. goes down to context. Yeah, Just like nigga depends on the context. You could be a nigga, you could be a nigger. That's the same fucking word to me. To all you? the way, all the way. I mean, I'm talking about me personally. It's all the same word. Just, but just because I call you a nigga, you understand what I'm saying? But that's not the I same mean, as both. calling me dumb and ignorant. Nah, it's not. But if I was to call you an ER or a GA, it's both the same word. Whether or not I call you, when you say it, hmm. nobody knows what the suffix or the end is. Yeah, that's why, white people should just send, that's why I, white people should We're not even bringing white people. We're talking about amongst us. I mean, so I don't give a fuck we don't which way. I don't, I'm not going to get offended any which way a black person no. says it. I mean, like, I'm more offended that you call me dumb and ignorant. You understand what I'm saying? It don't matter which way a white person uses it. I am offended. I am completely offended by it. So as far as that goes, I mean, like I said, either way is the same word to me, whether you're meaning it in an endearing way or not. You know what I'm saying? Like my grandmother uses a hard er when she mm-hmm. says nigga. You know what I'm saying? But no, every time she says it, it still offend you. <laughs> I, I, I stop and think about like, has my grandma ever called me her nigga? No, no, no. Every time she said nigga, it's like you gonna feel that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But I just, yeah. I mean, it's all that to me is just all the same word, no matter which, yeah, which suffix you use with it. It's all the same word to me. Oh, no matter, like, G, I mean, G-R, or, I mean, G-R, I'm starting to skim my Al Sharpton on, on out here. <laughs> or, I mean, I get what you're saying, you could assume it's all the same word, yeah. but, I mean, I was just saying that it doesn't have the same meaning, mm-hmm. depending on the context. Yeah. Because. That's it, that's what exactly what the, the context, it, it, it's not, it's not really the um pronunciation. Right. Because I think a lot of people get that fucked up and confused. That it has something to do with the pronunciation, and not really to me. And well, another... to me, I don't think it's the pronunciation as much as the context. Because when somebody writing is different, but when somebody says it, mm. you don't 
you can't really hear like nobody stresses the nigga nigger like they just say nigga mm-hmm. whether it's the er whether it's the a yeah. to me most people pronounce both the same way mm-hmm. not nobody really stresses the er like nigger mm-hmm. you know what i mean like even when white people say it they don't stress the er but their context is regardless we don't want them saying it. Hmm. you know what i mean but like uh, at, at all this yeah that's just for the birds yeah. oh, oh so Anyway, yo, so it's MJ's birthday. Um, There's been a lot of, I think, it, like, people are trying to, like, knock MJ off his pedestal lately. I, to me, I, you know, I don't know if, I can, if I'm, like, quite in the realm of conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. but, you know, I have conspiracies, you know. I have some conspiracy theories, and it feels like my, they're trying to knock um, MJ off the pedestal. Really? Think so? It feels like it. It was just like a, a two, maybe like two weeks ago where it was just like a couple of coincidences where it was just like, yo, they really trying to dig at Mike. You understand what I'm saying? I think it started off with the, um, with this Stan Smith thing with, um, uh, with him saying like, he don't really like, um, Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, he never really liked his music. That you can't do. I don't give a fuck if you like Michael Jackson right. music. You can't say, you can't, it's the genre of music that you're doing. You're doing R&B. Right. It's a black art form. Right. You know, like, if you was this heavy grunge punk rock artist, I get it. You understand what I'm saying? You can, you don't, you can say whatever you want about Michael Jackson because it has not, it doesn't seem like it influences you. Right. But you wouldn't be in position in no way you, to make money if it wasn't for, Michael Jackson, you right. understand? Michael Jackson blurred the lines between R and B and pop. Right. You understand? So there you have that. So I think that's immediately some something wrong there. Whenever some whenever a white R and B artist does that, right. then right. you had the whole um, Post Malone thing where Billboard said like Post Malone has been on the Billboard charts longer R&B. than Mike. Yeah, R and B charts when like. Is his music even R and B? It sounds like pop or rap. It sounds like real. I think hybrid. I think, I think that a lot of a lot of hip hop music gets considered R and B. Like, but of, is his some of this shit even hip hop? That's the thing. Like, it's like it's a super hybrid. It. I don't know. It just his music doesn't strike me as like as that. I don't know. Like comparable to where like it's like rooted in R&B. It does seem like it doesn't have the necessarily the integrity of a, a R&B song like right. some MJ songs would. Yeah, that was the, so that was the second thing to me. And then the third thing was how hard they were going to push the whole Eagles thing. I don't give a fuck what nobody said. That shit seems super fishy. If they can <laughs> no, first of all, if they can if we going to fuck around and we going to dissect all of Beyoncé's title numbers because of her husband owning the company. Well, fuck it. Let's dissect the Eagles shit. First and foremost, can anybody name a fucking Eagles song? Under 40. So, all these over 40-year-olds are... Because they got these numbers from streaming. That's how they passed Mike, Michael Jackson. And first and foremost, it was domestically. This is U.S. Thriller is still the highest-selling album in the world. Yeah. But, don't, but they don't say that. They said it just passed Thriller. Okay. So that's one. And then, like, who the fuck is streaming the Eagles? Nobody. Second, it's a Greatest Hits album. Thriller is an album. That's right. a compilation album. 
Thriller's an album. So Thriller is still the highest selling album, album right? ever to me. And so it's just a whole lot of fuckery. I don't know too many over 40-year-olds that really can, like, you put a gun in my head right now, I probably couldn't tell you any Eagle songs. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I think Hotel California might be one. It's between the... I, it's either them or the Beach Boys. And that's all I got right now. I think that is one because when I mentioned that online, somebody named that song. Hotel California. Okay, boom. That's it. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody, every generation knows Michael Jackson. Right. Every generation knows Michael Jackson. I, this number... I So I just think there's this whole... Like I said, there's a whole conspiracy to like squeeze black people out of R&B. And now they're going for the king of pop. And it's weird, man. It's super fucking weird to me. Can't have shit. Literally, this is like literally being gentrified as far as like R&B. I was watching um, Boys in the Hood. Trey's dad warned us about gentrification. Yeah, I've like, seen, I seen like, that clip. Yep. You're like 30 years ago, right? Yeah. Like 30 fucking years ago. And now they're doing it with the music. And this is how um, rock became white. Jazz is like super white. R&B is next. I don't think they can actually do it to hip-hop yet because it's still so... Even though it's super mainstream, it's still the music of the youth. But when it's no longer the music of the youth or so many people have grown out of it, then you can creep in and start to... You understand what I'm saying? Because the biggest funk bands in the world are um, are white. You understand? Like, um... I forgot the name of that um, fucking group. But... it's, it's weird to me, son. And I don't know. We let them do it. I don't. Do we let them do it? I just um, feel like we abandon it. I feel like we don't really have that much control over that. Like, they are the ones in control of these, like you said, Apple Music and mm. who's infiltrating the numbers. The me- they control the media. So, whatever narrative they want to push, they can push that, like you said. Okay. So, um,. Why being um, Namir not knowing any Wu Tang members? That's our fault, or that's the or that's I mean, the media's fault. It's nobody's fault. Uh, let's be honest. We don't know every rapper that came before us. We don't. We don't. But I think that's that's the issue, and that's what happens. You get what I'm saying? This is what ha- that's what happens. Like God think. Other cultures and other races, they have no problem embracing their legends. You understand what I'm saying? Right. They know their legends music. You can't, like, as far as, like, Sam Smith um, talking about how he don't fuck with Michael Jackson's music, he can he never said that about uh, Barry Manilow. You can't say that about a Frank Sinatra. These thing, things like that. Like their, history, like, their history is documented. You understand? So, I think, like, that... I th- I think that's where we can play our own part and our own role. We got to start learning our fucking, we got to start learning our fucking, like, I don't know. We got to start passing it down at least. You can't just, you can't not know anybody from Wu-Tang. You have to have an idea as to why, you know, like, why Wu-Tang is probably, like, because they sold so much. Like, they crossed over. They was one of the first hardcore rap groups to just from New York to cross over so and like so everybody's um all was always like jocking um thing like the everybody was always jocking like the chronic and like death row back then but Wu was doing their thing out of this you understand what I'm saying and this was before a little bit before Nas a little bit before Big you understand what I'm saying they opened they opened the door for New York when it was closing in because of the West Coast and what they were doing 
they uh, oh shit, Raekwon is still one of my fashion icons. Right. Raekwon and Grand Pooba, those are like, they taught a fat nigga how to be fly, you understand, with the wallows and the polo. So I figured like, that's the way we avoid it. We got to start teaching the youth because we got to start teaching the youth about some of the history of the music because there's no way. And the thing is too, like a couple of YBN niggas, they're actually like good lyrically. They're not like every other SoundCloud rapper, you know, that just catch a beat. Nah, they can rap. But to not, I figured, like to not know any. I mean, hip hop is more, is different. Like mm. hip hop evolves so much. Mm. It's about what you relate to. He's young, you mm. know what I mean? Maybe you're down the line sometimes when he got a little older, a little more sense, been through more stuff in life. He might say, yo, let me check these Wu-Tang dudes out. You yeah. know what I mean? That he might not have bumped when he was 14 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We grew up through that, so that was our music at the time. When it's not your relevant music no more, it's like, what are you going to go back to check? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, I know a lot of R&B legends, but it's still old R&B artists from the 60s and 70s that are still fun. You know what I mean? Mm. Because it's just not in your face no more when it's not your era. And then, <clears throat> what you got to realize, I don't know where, um, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't it was Nami who said it, no, it was YB and J. Okay, J, yeah. But, I don't know where he's from initially, yeah. but like music culturally, like these dudes look up to who, like, for example, it's a lot of dudes in Atlanta who look up to Gucci Mane more than Jay-Z. Mm. Yeah, well, that and makes sense. it's not their fault, though. Yeah, that makes sense. That That's not their fault. Yeah. Or even there's little kids right now coming up that really look up to the Migos, and there's nothing wrong with that. They cannot rate, they cannot relate to 1993. Mm. Um, New York street corner, five percent of hip hop music. Yeah. You know, growing up in the South, when what they see, the culture they see is cars with big spinning rims and skittle paint colors. Like they, that's what they relate to. You yeah. know what I mean? They can't relate to what Jay Z was talking back in nineteen eighty three. So I wouldn't want them to fake it if they really don't like it. You know what I mean? And maybe he just, I could see him growing up and Wu Tang never being mentioned to him. You know what I mean? He's growing up listening to what's around him, what, what, what people in school are listening to, what, like, my little cousins do, you know what I mean? Mm. Nobody's mentioning Wu-Tang to them, you know mm. what I mean? Like, so it's not like they reject him, it's just, it's just not it's just not, it's, it's just not heard of it. Oh, man, any podcast we've had, um, spirited discussion, man. Uh, what we about to do is, um, we got, like, uh, Oakland legend on the next, um, segment, man, um, Mr. Fab, not sure if you've heard of him, but if you haven't, look it up, you know. Where's the numbers? What we're gonna do is we're gonna get into a couple of quick tracks. Once you some, once you was on the song, I hear. Um, you ain't gotta tell them now. We play a surprise them. Yeah, yeah. Pick something out. Yeah, yeah. We gonna get back into it, man. AD podcast. We'll be back. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I miss you, but I got no time for that, Dell. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I miss you, but I got no time for that How could you wish you never play me? Had no time for that, damn Play me, you my lady, got no time for that How could you move it like you crazy? I ain't call you back, damn
that, got no time for that You was my little lady, drive me crazy, I was fine with that, damn How you just gon' play me, I ain't fine with that Thinking about you daily, smoking crazy while I'm off the tech, damn Flexing, oh, we was flexing Always I told you that you be a star, goes in our checklist, damn Question, oh, check your message Knew that I come for the beef from the start, boy, she was texting, damn I'm like, who that? I can't sweat you. I don't do that. No, no. Hey, tell you the truth. I ain't want you to depart. Hey, I wanted you, but I can't fuck with you. Cause you different, you can't play your part. No, down. Hey, tell you the truth. I wanted you from the start. Hey, I cannot fuck on no bitch. I can't love on no bitch. That's not playing a part. Like, down. Podcast man, it's your man Slops, and I'm here with a, a legend, Bay uh-huh. Area legend, man. Let the people know who you are. What up, man? Mr. Fab, representing Oakland, California, the Greater Bay Area. Um, I'm here, my man, J Wonder Studio, man, and it's uh, it's like home every time I come here, man. I always just kind of find my way in this lab right here. I could go to any studio, but I just love vibing with my guy, man. That dude got showed me nothing but stupid love, man, when I first came out here. So I'm always going home is that. No, man. Shout out to Wonder, man. I appreciate it. She giving us the time and space, man. Um, so, from Oakland, from Brooklyn, you know, Jay said really famously, you know, Oakland. I mean, Brooklyn just like, I mean, Oakland just like Brooklyn. Is that true? Most Have definitely. Yeah, explain, explain um, how the similarities between Oakland and Brooklyn. I mean, we could talk about the modern similarities and mm-hmm. the, the gentrification of how things have been totally switched around in our communities where they're pushing out a lot of the natives and the people that have been there that have curated the whole culture of its well-being for to make the city what it is. Um, what's so funny is Oakland actually uh, was called Brooklyn at first. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that. Um, Oakland, I think, um, the first name of Oakland was Brooklyn. Um, and that's a historical fact that not many people know about. But there's definitely a lot of similar dynamics that represent from the cultural aspect to the musical aspect, just to... Basically, what it is to the city represents is to uh, about it that um, both Oakland and Brooklyn have. Like anywhere you go in the world, you can see somebody from Brooklyn and be like, "Yo, are you from Brooklyn, huh?" And like, "Yo, how you know?" 
It just got, you know what I'm saying? You just got that, that brownstone feel. Um, and it's a, it's just a project vibe. But the same thing is with Oakland. No matter where you go anywhere around the world, you can pick somebody from Oakland out of the crowd um, or someone that has had similar, similar influences from that city. So they're like cousins. Oh, so just say, like, it's town business and town business. people going to pick up. Yeah, I got that from a Sean Lynch. I just yeah. want to flush that a little bit. <laughs> sure, All right, so, Mr. Fab, so from somebody from Brooklyn that hasn't been able to get, you know, into the whole hyphy movement and everything of that nature, explain to people, like, your resume. And why, what makes you a legend from the back? Um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's all about what do you feel, you know, um, what have you done that is legendary? Hmm. Um, I think what I've done in Legendary has uh, had a bigger impact outside of music. Hmm. It's like Muhammad Ali, that you can argue he's the greatest boxer of all time. And there are several people that will argue with you about that. There are certain people that other names that will come up. But when you talk about the greatest fighter, you can't leave him out of the ranks of being the greatest because it wasn't the fights that he fought inside of the ring that made him the champion. It was the things that he did outside of the ring where he became infamous for. Standing up for what he believed in, sitting up to his ability to have his freedom of speech and represent his religion proudly and refuse to go to a war uh, to a war that had nothing to do with him. That was a fight that he fought that was bigger than any fight that he fought within those rings. Um, so what I've done for the city as far as philanthropy work, as far as rebuilding up the community, implementing and inoculating certain policies and things that go on with all, throughout the city um, and standing up on what's right instead of opposed to what's wrong because there's no right way to do the wrong thing. The philosophies that I've spewed outside of music have been far more important than anything that I've ever done in the musical booth. Mm. So that alone to me makes that legendary because coming from the city that I come from, you see so many people derail from the trail of what they wish to do. Mm. Um, so to be able to stay focused on a course that leads to collision for most and not be able to collide with uh, the negativities or the obstacles that are put up in our ways, to me that's legendary. No, right. So you take the activism more seriously than you do your music. Most definitely. I won't say no more seriously, mm -hmm. but of importance. If we put of importance in a level, if we chronicalize it um, chronologically, um, I feel that me standing up for what I believe in is greater than any song that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And I've done some dope songs. I've wrote platinum records for several artists. Mm -hmm. um, so I've wrote several, you know, several hot records, top songs. Um, Got a, you know, a wall full of plaques. I've done, you know, all kind of stuff, man. Super, super stuff within the music, man. I've worked with any artist that you could think of, um, you know, from, from this person to that person, from the Snoop Dogs to the, man, to the, to the East 40s, all the of that stuff, man. The TIs, the, you know, all of that stuff. So, mm -hmm. but like I say. When I hold level of importance, what I've done for the city for the backpack giveaways for 14 years or the toy drives for 14 years and things like that, scholarships and community uplifting and um, led rallies and marches that talked about the injustices for our city, stood up and spoke for people whose voices didn't have a loud mic when they're uh, on the podium and began to be the voice of the people. Um, realizing that the power still lies in the people and the politics that they address and addressing those politics on forms that could have cost me my well-being of who I am but being able and being willing to sacrifice that for the greater good of further advancement and progression of our people was far more than any song that I've ever done. Gotcha. Okay now so um, you're trying to promote your new book. Um, what's the new book about? What's the name of it? And then let people know exactly what it's about. The name of the new book is called The Dope Era. Mm -hmm. um, the Dope Era, which is an acronym for Doing Oppression, People Evolve, and With Growth, Everyone Rises Above. 
Dope Hair just so actually happens to be our clothing line as well. We've made an instant impact inside of the cultural aspect from a fas from a fashion point of view. Mm -hmm. But the Dope Era, when we think about where that term was coined, it was coined from the, the early 80s and the, and the 90s of how people was able to make money off selling drugs in the streets. We flipped the narrative from a negative of selling drugs and refurbished it through fashion. So through fashion, we brought back a nostalgic feeling of memories from the Dope Era, things that everyone can relate to. So in that book, I'm bringing back memories of standards that we once lived by and a code of ethics that the streets have went away from to kind of reinstore that to reinvent the role model of what it is to be cool curating the new cool of saying you don't got to be a drug dealer no more mm -hmm. smart is the new gangster yeah. being intelligent is the new street thug mm -hmm. you know what i mean and the whole book is a, a constant reminder of things like that full of small haikus and small me messages and um uh uh, uh um just the misses of, of information like that, just to give people um, boosters of confidence, self-esteem lifting, and uh, and things like that. So that's what the whole book is about. Okay, so you say, like, um, we veered away from, you know, formal morals and things like that. Like, what would, I mean, like, not just an example, like, in what ways do you think we veered away from it? I mean, I think the level of respect has been lost, and it, it comes from traditionally when we were growing up in the 80s, mm. we had generations of people who have went through certain things that taught us respect. Mm -hmm. So we had our grandmothers that were at a certain age to where we knew how to be respectful, respect to elders. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, your grandmama be 35. Yeah. So she's still a kid in her, you know, in, in retrospect of life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She want a club. So she want to be in a club. <laughs> yeah. And if you got a fake ID, you might run into your granny in the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and how can you expect somebody who's 35 or 40 who's still in that second childhood, like Nas said, to teach you something that's out of a level of respect? Mm. You know what I mean? You go into somebody's house, take off your hat. You sitting down, you know, not cursing in front of the adults, um, not cursing in front of children. Being mindful and being respective of your well-being of anywhere you are. Carrying yourself with a certain level of respect and dignity. Mm -hmm. Socially being able to relate to each other. Social media has actually made the world antisocial. Mm. Where we've all become introverts in our own way. Yeah. To where instead of speaking to now, we'll, we'll rather text or we'll rather DM you. or um, It's put us in a uh, kind of redundant situation because... It doesn't allow us to be outward with our thinking. Yeah. Um, and it's made us socially awkward. Super. So we're we're definitely socially awkward nowadays, mm -hmm. which you can't do certain things from a code of ethic of which we were raised up on. Shaking someone's hand, you going in the room, you say what's up to everybody. Mm -hmm. You do the you know what I'm saying? These are just small, small, um, meticulous things that are overlooked, but they're conducive to the development of progression when it comes to us building as a people the villages can only be rebuilt by the villagers if we expect them to be built in the eyes of how we see them mm. so we have to get back to that thing so what i want to do is just continue to keep reminding people let's get back to traditional ways of speaking with each other building with our friends making friends you know when you was first day of school you had to make friends you ain't go to whole school year and be like, I don't know that nigga, I ain't finna speak to him. <laughs> nah, we going in, hey, what's up, this is who I am, oh, okay, woo -woo. My yeah, brother said something earlier, he said, man, you could meet a thousand people and not do nothing. Yeah. Then you could be one or two people and be the change that the world needs to see. Yeah. By allowing the nexus of things to connect at a synergy that was for everyone. And, and that's what it's about.
That's cool. Um, so we getting um any new music from you? I actually dropped an album and a book on the same day. Okay, so the out is um, it like a soundtrack to the book? No, it's not. It to... It's two total opposites. Mm-hmm. It's the uh the opposite axis of my mind. Okay. Um, so I'm able to show my duality by being able to drop a book that would not be as um. The album is not as like what positive, not or, as conscious, you know, as conscious, <laughs> not you know, backpack. as woke. Yeah. As they say, so you're not woke. <laughs> the album's some ratchet ass shit, like you know what I mean. But I'm expressing that to embrace my duality. Mm. Um, I feel like nowadays a person feels as if you're you're if you have an ability to show duality, mm. then you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Like okay, why can't why can't I like to go party? And like to go to church. Okay. Nah, that's facts. Cause um, basically that's the basis of what we try to do with the podcast. Right. Cause the podcast is named the ADD podcast, and so we obviously we touch on mental health a lot, but we also like sophisticatedly ratchet. You understand right. what I'm saying? We also, right. you know, you are gonna get into the gossip. I'm righteously and, ratchet. Hey, you see what I'm saying? So sure. yeah, we gonna. Um, how do you how you balance that out though? I mean, how do you um how do you walk into a room full of like maybe older activists or maybe in a room full of preachers or something like that? And have them, you know, understand and know that, no, you're still about forwarding and everything within a community, but you still like to, you know, you still like to make type of music you like to make. I think it's the removing of blankets. Mm. Um, people use blankets to cover up the bed that they lay in. Mm. And let's remove the blankets. Let's talk about what's reality. Mm. Preacher, don't come in here telling me about, you know, this God's word and you know every scripture in the Bible and your theology is at a, the level of uh, Olympias level where you walk with the gods, but yet in all, you are going to overlook the fact that you feel like you're better than people. Yeah. How are you to judge if you so woke, but you still throwing shade? You so enlightened, but mm. yet you still throwing shade. Mm. How is that possible? Let's remove the blankets. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be who I am. Mm. Yes, I do this. Yes, I hit this. Yes, I do this. But I do this as well. Yeah. And I do this pretty well. You know what I mean? And I'm not lying about what I'm doing. The pastor, I have everything going, and I'm not here to criticize or create the defamation of character within the church hmm. from the pastor to the reverend to whoever else may be a part of the congregation. But what I'm able to say is stop denying your duality because you're making yourself seem perfect. Hmm. And in the world of everything being exposed, you'll be exposed. Hmm. If I, if you come to my house and I pull off all my blankets, you can see I'm not hiding nothing. Hmm. I'm not hiding them. Let's remove the blankets. Let's remove the sheets. You'll sit in the Congress office with someone all day, and at night they wear white sheets, and they want to hang niggas. But then they say they for the people. You know what I'm saying? You got KKK members that's signed up as Democrats. And you know what I'm saying? You play policy games, and, and they're in that position for politics. But in actuality, you still hold the same regards that this Republican holds or that this person holds. You know what I mean? Like, what, what what's... Um, be, be bewildering to me is I watched Le- Larry Fitzgerald say that he would speak on behalf at John McCain's funeral. Mm. And it's crazy because I'm like, do people not realize that this is the same guy that pushed some of the same policies that Trump was pushing and he went forward with this? 
Sarah Palin was his running mate. Yeah. And we know that all the dirt that he vouched for for her, her yeah. being uh, in office. Yeah. When we think about the politicking and the the, the, the policing of politics yeah. of Senator John McCain and his death, now everybody's showing him love, but we're going to forget the policies that he stood behind. Hmm. In Arizona, which has the highest incarcerating rate, incarceration rate for Native Americans, for Black African Americans, yeah. and they live in some of the harsh conditions inside of prison. They have prison encampments outside, in 120 degrees, where you gotta you to to get uh, outdoors. Out, out, yeah. This is outdoors, outdoors. Yeah. anywhere in. Pink and pink and white stripes. DMX was in there. If you if you yeah. want to get like energy, it's, it's built off solar energy. So if you want some fresh air conditioner, you gotta it's be on a uh, on a on a bike to create your own yeah, energy. energy yeah. This is something that he forced and pushed for. Like you know what I mean? So to me, it's just funny how same border these controls is, as everything. On. Like you, yeah, and you're, you're still it. creating these border yeah. controls to where you want to lock up these Mexicans. And Arizona is Mexico. Yeah, everything short of the fucking wall. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So he, we have to remove those blankets. Let's yeah. remove those sheets. Let's call shit for what it is. Facts. I mean, so like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, Oakland just has like this whole history of being woke. I mean, like from Marshawn. I mean, just the Bay Area, because I don't know if you want to call Colin Kaepernick. I mean, that's San Francisco, but yeah, the Bay Cap, Area. Cap from around Cap from that area. All right. Then you have that. You know, even MC Hammer back in his days, he was giving back the, the birthplace of the Black Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, was this a sun in the water? that just make y'all wake up and, like, revolutionary or no, understand what's going on? I think historically, Oakland has always been on the cutting curve of a rebellion and, and, and utilizing its position and its voice as influence. I mean, when we talk about Huey Newton and these guys, these guys were 16, 17, 18, you know what I'm saying, young teenagers and, yeah. and, 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 and adults that were doing something that was... Let's think about who we all call America's public enemy number ones. Yeah. Bin Laden, yeah. Saddam Hussein, um, Saddam. Uh, Asada Shakur, but he, but this is this later goes to that. That was mm -hmm. that was a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, but she never was a part. She never was number one. Mm. Um, but she was a public enemy. She never was number one though. Not that I think. Not that I can think of. I have to go back and retract that. Um, but Gaddafi from a uh, from a uh, Liberia, mm -hmm. um, and we look at all of these people and we look at how they're painted, and then you say Huey Newton, young black man, nineteen years old from the city of Oakland, California was put up on the list as public enemy number one. And then you look at what they did compared to his policies and what he did. He didn't blow up no countries. He didn't create no no terrorist attacks. He didn't do anything of that nature. All he did was teach his people about their rights, hmm. their amendments. He fed his people. He built chapters and chapels in city and city about organizing and unifying for his people, hmm. developing for his people, feeding, breakfast programs, school, lunch programs, college situations and scholarships for his people. And they put him as a public enemy number one. So that's just crazy, that's man. That's just dangerous when you feed you know, people. Intelligence is yeah, dangerous. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going to ask you one more political question, and then we got to get back into the music and stuff and like we that. We're gonna that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's facts. It's I'm sweating, too. Yeah. Um, so, um, last um. With the last question about that, how do in Oakland, how do they feel about Bobby Seals? We love Bobby Seals. Okay. Bobby Seals is one of the founding Panthers. Yeah. Um, Bobby, in his older age, has changed a lot of. Uh, he looks back at certain things, and I think with aging, hmm. his philosophy begins to be 
more so of, oh, you didn't, he didn't, we did, you didn't, she did, we did. And, but that doesn't throw out the legacy of what he created. Um, he, Bobby Hutton, Eldris Cleaver, Huey Newton, Angela Davis, Elaine Brown. And as they get older, certain truths become revealed. And um, But what he did in the infancy stages of his revolutionary fight will always go down as legendary and he will be respected. And I would never say anything, even if I didn't agree with his politics today or everything that he says, I would never say anything that would be disdaining of his legacy and what he represents for the culture of black people with what he did with the Black Panther movement. Appreciate it. All right, man. So before we get out of here, man, let people know how they get the Dope Era clothing, the book, and the album. Dopeera.com. Um, you can get the clothing. Um, the book is on Amazon right now, and it's called The Dope Era by Stanley Cox, which is my government name. Um, and then you could just follow me on on Instagram, and and you know the Twitter and any social media outlets. It's a uh, Fabby Davis Jr. and uh, follow me up, and that's really kind of like a GPS homing device where I could navigate you to anything that you need to do that I'm involved with. But um, shout out to the city of Oakland and shout out to the city of Brooklyn and all of New York and. It's all love, man. We definitely appreciate y'all embracing us and showing us some love. Thank you, boss. For sure. AD Podcast, man. We'll be back.
Man, them niggas down like that. So I'm back in the building like I forgot something. Put your hands up like I'm about to pop something. Niggas ain't hyphy. They really need to stop fronting. They really ain't shooters. Cause niggas ain't drop nothing. No. Put a pill in your life. Change your attitude. Keep the door open. Nigga, where's the gratitude? Man, what is it? Why you mad at dude? Boy, I'm just doing what I had to do. They on my back like bubbles on Mike Jack. I be coming back. A couple suckers ain't gonna like that. I'm Han Solo. You know I had to strike. Rest in peace to the Mac and the Jack. Keep me right. Y'all know what I mean? For sure. Y'all know what I mean? For shit. This, that, oh, six slap. You beasy. In the bell and then I'm feeling like, yeah, can't kill. I be like, kick the Podcast man, we back. My man ZD still here with me. Rocking with me. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. facts. All right, then. So we was talking about MJ. What was your um thing? What's your favorite MJ album? Thriller, hands down. I just can't go with Thriller. Off the wall to me was better. Think so? I like it better. I don't know. It's more R and B, but people tell me it's a disco album. I don't know. But it just had, it sounded more soulful. Like, to me, Thriller is like so much pop. It was pop. Yeah. It was pop. It was a real pop album. Don't get it twisted, though. He st- I mean, it still is like way more R&B than some of these R&B albums you got today. But I don't know. It's just like, it was more singing. You know, he had a couple ballads, a couple love-making songs on Off the Wall. You understand what I'm saying? Is now, granted, it did sound a little bit, you know, disco-y, but, you know, that was the time. It was the 70s. And then he had the sparkly boots. The fire. <laughs> the Power Ranger boots, as I like to call them. Those was, shit was, was fire. It should look like Uggs. See? MJ was ahead of his time. This is about 30, 30, 40 years before Uggs. So, yeah, shout out to MJ, bro. I don't um think, like, with him and his impact, um, it can't be really celebrated enough. Is he your favorite artist ever? All time? Yeah. Um, I don't, honestly, I can't say I have a favorite artist of all time. There's so many artists. There's so many moods. There's so many different. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many different. Because I have favorite rappers. Then I have, you know, favorites in his line of work. And it's just so many different type of artists to say I have overall favorite artists of all time. Would you say he's yours? Nah, Princess. Prince. Yeah, I go. With See, I can never really get with Prince music like that. And I saw your post earlier. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I saw your post earlier. <laughs> but yeah. I, it was like he got some. I made a Prince mix. Yeah. And and through making that, actually, I actually like Prince music better yeah. now. But I I know what it was. This what it was. They put him on a level of MJ or higher. And that kind of spoiled the listening for me because yeah. now, I now expect you're expecting it's... fireworks and shit right. like that. I, so here's the situation, and here's why I like Prince. Prince played all his instruments. No, I respect that. The he artist wrote. Did. He wrote all his music, and the shit still was better than 99 percent of everybody else that came out. You understand right. what I'm saying? He has vaults of music, right? And the shit was just fire, and the shit was just super relatable. 
as far as the music goes. You I, you have to you do have to adjust your ear because it's like he's such a he's such an artist. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like the shit, and there was no being that he did everything by himself. It's like it's either I realize with people that do things by themselves, everything by themselves, it's either two ways it's gonna come out. You can come out like you got a Kanye effect where everything is just like super different. And so, like, some of your fans, like, that might have been your early fans, they ain't never going to be related to the contemporary fans you have now. It'll just be like, it's two different crowds. Or you'll just be in a box forever. You understand what I'm saying? It's not nobody to rein you in or there's nobody to push you. So, that's the thing. And Prince was that opposite. Like, there was just nobody to rein him in. So, his music will just sound, like, all over the place if you're not really adjusted, if you're not sitting here and, like, all right, I'm about to listen to a, um, a Prince record. But the thing about Prince is, it's like, the shit, the instrument playing and the writing is perfection. And he does, like, the emotions and shit like that that he does convey, it always gets through. Like, that Purple Rain album is fucking genius to me. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like, genius on different levels. Like, he has the R&B songs. You understand? Like, then you have, like, the When Doves Cry, you understand? That song, I love that song. Yeah, everybody loves When Doves Cry, and the shit, it doesn't have a fucking bass line on it. It, should, it sounds, like, weird, like, to write a song on that beat. Like, I can't picture, you understand what I'm saying? Writing a song to that beat. So, I, all right, all right. I mm. understand more now. And that's why, when knowing that, I'll go back and listen. Mm. You, you will see a... You, you see a different genius in it. You yeah. see the a you see a beauty in it mm. that like the average person like you know you it's kind of like in a in a, in a quiet thing. Mm. You know, you no, it's super. It's uh, right. definitely so an acquired music. It's not. It's not something. I'll, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm, I wasn't born then. I don't know if people were just picking it up, but it had to if it went like diamond. <laughs> so some people, it had to have been pick up and go material, but. For this day and age, I don't really think it's like pick up and go material. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I was, you know, so, and another one of my favorite artists is um, Stevie. I kind of find out that um, black people like Luther Vandross more than Stevie. I didn't know that. That was a you thing. I had no idea. I, you learn something new every day. I mean, I, you learn something new every day. I always, I always will put it on the same level. But I could say I, I, I'm. I'm more familiar hmm. with Luther Sound. I think that's I think that's what it is. Luther Sound sounds more familiar and more modernized to too. It's way more. That's what I mean. Like it's way more contemporary than a Stevie right. Wonder. Stevie Wonder been doing it for eras. You yeah, know, Stevie right. Wonder first album came out when he was 15. Mm -hmm. So like I think I think that's it. It's the same thing. It's the same thing like I have with Prince. Like he writes his own music. He produced. He produces it. He sings all the women parts in his music. Like you seen Ray, right? Like yeah. um, you remember the, the time where he um, where he actually had to kick out the um, the women group, and he did all the parts by himself. Right. Stevie used to do the same thing. You understand? So, and then like to me, like what you call the songs in a key of life. That's the greatest double disc album like ever. Like, none of the songs are bad on that shit. Like, right. you can run straight through it, put it on shuffle, listen to it backwards, and it's fly. Luther, Luther was fly. I don't, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't think, I think the geniuses just range different because Luther, Luther had a better voice. But to me, that's all he had that was better than Stevie. Stevie's stories were better. Mm -hmm. Stevie's wrote his music. And like I said, he played all the instruments. You know what I'm saying? He survived many a different eras. 
Yeah, that's it. So, but um, two things. Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to realize there's two Luthers. <laughs> you got skinny Luther, and you had fat Luther. The one without the one didn't quite curl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fat Luther, that man, you can put him against the greatest of all time. As far as voice wise, definitely, and you know, music wise too. Yeah, his music jammed. Yeah, his music definitely. But when slapped. he got skinny, he just didn't have that soul. It sounded a bit more popish, like he was trying to go a little bit more mainstream. Yeah, I mean, and what happened when he got back fat again? He started singing. Yeah, he started singing. <laughs> he was I a mean, singer. He was singing. He was singing. <laughs> um, everybody likes "House Is Not a Home," you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, there's a very skinny Luther that made a. Uh, um, excuse. Um, can I take you home? See, yeah, uh, right. can, oh, can I take you out? Which one yeah. made dance with my father? Cause see, that's the same one. That's, that's the same album. That's legendary. That's the same album. That that that's what I could say. Oh, and I, I was going to say I don't know which Stevie mm. song relates to um that I feel as much as that song, but "Ribbon in the Sky" one yeah. of the greatest songs. "Ribbon in the Sky." I got a daughter, so isn't she lovely? You understand okay. what I'm saying? That's, that's like right. you feel, you feel, you know, you feel that. And then like, um, and then you have living just enough for the city. You know, like he got got some classics. He got he got a couple classics. So you know, I and it's and it's like I said, it's eras. He made he made he made different music for different eras. Like Ribbon in the Sky came out in the eighties. Like yeah. I said, like his first album dropped in the fifth. You know, when he was fifteen. Yeah. So like it just ranged a lot more. That's that's um that's that's weird. I mean, but I don't want to get into the immortalization of people's music. Cause I think we do we do um we sometimes do that, especially like when you just hear like a greatest hits album and shit like that, and you'd be like, oh no, everything they did was slam. And I was like, nah, I've heard I've heard bad Stevie albums. Right. Heard bad Stevie albums. I heard bad Aretha albums. Cause people was like, um, somebody was telling me like. Every Aretha, like they can't find a bad Aretha song. Nah, they're there. <laughs> they're, they're definitely there. Like she didn't make a million rock steadies. You understand what I'm saying? Like this is like it's definitely there. There's a couple of bad ones. You know, you know what's funny now that we're on this topic. Hmm. I um, I'm kind of really realizing the disconnect with the uh, hip hop legends and other. It goes back to it goes it goes back to the fact that I feel like. Nothing to them because they are legends in their time, yeah. but hip hop on any genre, it gets dated the fastest. It's not like playing Ribbon in the Sky. Mm. Like Ribbon in the Sky could have dropped last week. Mm. You know what I mean? From where all this trap we listen to and stuff, Wu Tang sounds a little more dated. Yeah. I mean, only people who really was doing going they they pull a pitchfork out. You say what I'm saying, but to a young kid, it sounds dated. It's cream dated. You're saying that from the aspect of a no, of I'm a 30 year, asking, but as a thirty year old man, that's what I'm asking. My, I'm, but I'm, it's not, it's my, not, a, it's not a rhetorical question. I'm trying to figure it out. Is it dated? My eleven year old cousin wouldn't want to listen to it. Why? Does everything have to have a bounce? Every, everything has to have a bounce to it. But that, not, I mean, just, I think that makes the music that much more dated. It's it's just so much that's different about it from the rhyme scheme mm-hmm. to the type of beats that are being made now, just to the things they're talking about. Even these other genres with R and B, the topics in them are more relatable through any era, any generation. With the stuff that the stuff that um uh, uh Stevie Wonder is talking about on Ribbon in the Sky, 
of a 16-year-old in puppy love could relate to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? A 11-year-old may not relate to Wu-Tang talking about, you know, because even down to the Ebonic we use mm. that will be dated on my jacket. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as relatable. You know what I mean? But we do. All right. So I completely get what you're saying. But then we have songs like, um, as far as Wu-Tang goes, we got songs like, well, Triumph, that's just dumb. That's like a lyrical exercise. You know what I'm saying? You have, but you got Ghostface, All That I Got Is You. In those, in those, those, I mean, those, but those, where are, we do, those, but, are, those, those are legendary. Those songs. are gonna last forever, right? But where are those that we got now, though? Do we have those now? Do we have any of those? And I'm not talking about the J. Coles and Kendricks. I'm talking about from the mid 20s to early 20s crowd. Cause I mean, like J. Coles are grown men. You know what I'm saying? You expect to get that from him. But Ghostface was in his mid 20s when he dropped All I Got Is You. Right. But but it's di- that's different because like Nas was seventeen with Illmatic, so back then like they were just like more mature, like they were more mature mm-hmm. all around. Like you know what I mean you had, <laughs> what age did Fred Hampton die at? Like twenties, twenty years early twenties. Yeah, they were just all around more mature. Like this dude was like early twenties. Like they in them eras they was more mature just because of everything we going to. Like we mm-hmm. we mature um. We mature slower nowadays, so you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not the same all around. You know what I mean? But as far as songs nowadays, uh, that's a good question. Um, when I really think about it, it's hard, but I'm, I'm sure I could think of songs that I think will be timeless. Oh, because, like, all the songs that I like now, all the recent songs, like, I don't know, like I said, I, I tweeted last night, I think, like, Famous Dax of uh, Japan is probably, like, top five favorite songs this year. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, am I going to want to hear Japan, like, 15 years from now? No, you won't definitely. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm feeling Nephew, you know what I'm saying, by um, Smoke Perk. Okay. But is that... No, nah, but th- th- those are not... Those... I think for a song to be timeless... Yeah. It got it to gotta touch on something. That's old. That well, every... I, can't, I can't say that. Why? I'll give you a perfect example. Mm. This is how we do it is timeless. Mm. That's true. Montel Jordan. Oh, this I thought you were talking about um what you call it, fifty in game. No, hell no. That's not timeless though? No. You don't it, think it, so? It, nah. This is how, I thought this is how we do it's definitely gonna be timeless. It, it's, I it's, think that that's a part that's a It's that's not a part that of old and it's not, it is, but it, in, in ten, twenty years I could see it being gone. Really, you can't see like I throw that on at a party, it'd be here. But this is how we do it. Nah. I mean, but you listen to the word this Friday. Not everybody's always going. There's always going to be a class that's living yeah, from check Ma- to check. No, the Montel no, Jordan. No, 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 but the Montel Jordan. You said it don't touch on. You don't think no, it touches on no, anything. No, 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 no. It doesn't touch on anything deep. That's what I thought you meant. No, like, but I mean, like, I don't know if you want to call it deep, but it's definitely something that every generation is going to feel because it's Friday night. And I, mean, I feel alright. You can find lyrics like that in any song, though. That's that has any song will have something that's relatable, but is it really? It, it just takes something different to make it timeless, though. Like it just. And it takes a mean? little bit more of that oomph that you can't like explain. Before I let go, that's timeless. That's timeless. And the worst part about before I let go is, Gates. Shout out to Gates. He had to put me on like that's a breakup song, bro. <laughs> I had no idea before he said it because we was doing like this when we had to break up karaoke shout out to Cuddy uh, and he performed before I let go and he was like and we was like what the fuck are you doing and he was like yo y'all ever listen to the words yeah. I was like 
oh shit, he's right. This nigga's begging for his girl back. This is the happiest breakup song like ever. It has the happiest. <laughs> now, um, before that goes too long, though, I, they could have cut that shit somewhere in the middle. Sorry. They um, they actually have a, a longer version, I think, like an They're, extended version uh, with them playing. Yeah, I, well, maybe that's the one like I'll be listening to all the time. The one where they're going ba da da for like eighty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can chill the fuck out. Like I get it, you know. Like hopefully the bitch don't go. Yeah, please. Like uh, they used to do that a lot back then. Like um, just like extend songs. Kanye used to do that. I miss the old Kanye, man. Now it was to- um, it was actually uh, that's that was actually a good thing they did that because mm. with those extended um, those extended tracks, mm. that's how the DJs would. Grab the break, the beat breaks. And oh, make to sample loops. it. Okay, right. okay, okay. So those, that was good that they was doing that. But I think, I think more so they was just doing it because they was praying on vitals. It was only three songs on the fucking oh, album. No, but that, but that too is like it wasn't just an artist though. It was a band. Right. So the band got to get some shine and like. Like, I was listening to um, Choosy Lover. Like, god damn, I gotta stop listening to old songs. I was listening to Choosy Lover. And, like, you could so... Eat. To me, Ronald Eyes ain't even a star of that song, son. His brother playing the guitar. Like, if you listen to the guitar and that shit, that That's, shit's a fuego, son. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You know what's the perfect example of that? What? James Brown, Funky Drummer. Just let that play. Oh, Class shit. double fill. He, he was the thing about it that song was like what nine minutes nine and minutes just, and yeah, and, he's, and, yeah. He, and that song I don't know if you know one of the most famous um, break loops of all time came from that song it's like five minutes on the end but that's like the second most sample like so, oh, loop true. yeah I, I think I've heard yeah. of that yeah but you see what I'm saying like but you got yeah you got to get a drum sum every now and then you got to let the guy let the people know he was like, saying oh, get a drum, drum sum I know that's where, <laughs> that's where it comes from that's exactly where it comes from yeah you got to get a drum sum every now and then so damn yeah man music has shit I, but that goes to show you how art is because that whole song hmm. James Brown did nothing but it's a hit James, James Brown, Brown song, song. But, he did nothing he it's uh, um what you call it but he was the um james brown for some reason always had the best of the best you understand mm-hmm. what i'm saying for some reason he was always able to eye talent right right he's, so uh, that's, like, he that's what different made him eras. like an executive producer today with like a Khaled would be a like or a kanye in his capacity now or a travis scott like you direct your project like mm-hmm. niggas can come in with good beats good you can play the piano but you still have to have the vision of how to put it together or what some people have that talent, a good ear, you know what I mean? A good sound. They know it's going to sound good. And that's like you saying what James Brown was. And on top of that, he put it together. He danced his ass off. Definitely danced his ass off. Yeah. Um, he is like, I've, everything that has come after him has been influenced some way by him. You understand right. what I'm saying? No, at Michael's birthday, there would be no Michael without James Brown. There'd right. be no Prince without James Brown. You understand what I'm saying? It's just like perfect showmanship. Right. Um, Stevie took a lot from him, bought a lot as far as like how his voice would range and stuff like that from James Brown. So like, there's a, like everything that's come after him has been somewhat influenced by him. And there would be no rap music without fucking James Brown. Right. You understand what I'm saying? We just talked about the most sample record ever. Yeah, we've spent like about an hour on just music. You gotta do this like way more often. Right. Yeah, facts. Definitely, oh. man. Def- I like I like I like speaking about that. Uh, I actually like 
then yesterday I realized, like, I actually enjoy be I wouldn't want my own, mm. but I enjoy going to podcasts. Well, I mean, this is like my podcast. Yeah. But, like, I wouldn't want one that I'm, like... Well, you you're know. the star of. <laughs> yeah. Where you're, where you're doing every week. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. 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 But I like, you know what I mean? I like to go share my thoughts and get other people's thoughts and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, spirited so, debates. Right. Yeah, spirited debates. I think we definitely have one. Oh, uh, what was... I think we'll... Appreciate you. This is why. I appreciate you. Were you leaving? I think she went to Home Depot. See, this is why I record at Ryo's now. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Ryo. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to him. I'm going to his um, concert. He's having a concert on Saturday. This Saturday? This Saturday, yeah, yeah with all his artists because, you know, he think he should not now. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, I, that's exactly why I started, um, my own podcast. I like to, um, talk cause you know, I'm smarter than everybody, but you know, I like to hear how you peasants think. Um, and I realize, you know, and I have some of those little sound effects. Ah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it helps me realize I still am smarter than you. I mean, yeah. What helped me realize I'm smarter than you is that some of you idiots picked power over the wire. <laughs> I'm not gonna name it. They're any. saying now Snowfall is better than both. Snowfall is just no show that's better than The Wire. I like The Sopranos better than The Wire, and I know The Sopranos is not better than The Wire. There is, does you know why there's no show better than The Wire? It's just the complexity of The Wire, but it's so true. It is super complex, and the way they add everything on. You, I watched The Wire at first for because I'm thinking. It was going to be something like power, like just cops and robbers and, you know, you're looking for the suspense. No, the fucking wire is goddamn a documentary of how drugs work and why drugs will never, ever, ever, the drug trafficking will never, ever die. And they started a whole cycle from beginning to end and then they redid the whole thing over again and showed you how it works in cycles. And no matter how people can have the utmost the almost cleanest intentions, it is still fuck up. Just like every drug dealer could be the most determined drug dealer to be a kingpin, you're going to fall off. It happened twice. You've seen it happen with you've seen it happen with Barksdale. Then you've seen it happen with Marlo. You've seen um, what you call it. You've seen Carcetti come in there with the most noblest of intentions, and you see him fall to the wayside of corruption, mm -hmm. trying to become the governor. You understand what I'm saying? Him taking L's, like, and then you have people like McNulty who has the best intentions, but then he gets dirty by making up the serial killer. You understand? Like, all these things is just, the it's super complex, and like, where do you get this complexity from the, um, from power? Right. You don't get don't any of this. I uh, Yeah, that, but that's, that's the situation with power. Power is fucking fluff. It's candy. It's just made to, it's just made to sit there and entertain you. Like, the wire, like, it not only entertained you because it entertained me, but it educated you. You understand what I'm saying? It let you into. It shows you the role that the media plays in this, like how teachers play into it. Like how these kids, these kids are gone by the time they couldn't work with. Thir they had. They start. They tried to start a program within the schools. You watched the Wire, right? Why? The I think like the first season. I didn't okay, uh, but they tried to start a program to save like um, youth. And they couldn't even work with 13-year-olds because they was already so hard and steadfast in the streets. Right. They had to go to junior high. You understand what I'm saying? And even that proved to be a challenge. So, like, these are things like... 
and it was yeah, it's, 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 it's like yeah. But there's no clear cut good guy. There's no clear cut bad guy. These are just the circumstances that we're dealt with. That we're dealt with, and people just handled them how they handled them. They made you feel like the most honorable character there was a thieving ass junkie. That was Bubs. He probably was the most honorable character on that show. So that's the thing about The Wire that power will never. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to call everybody stupid, but they prove me right constantly. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I try to give you people the benefit of the doubt. They prove you right. But they. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Nah, man. But I mean, power. I, I I can see why people are interested in power, but it just ain't it. I need I need more like stuff like that's more relatable to like human emotion. That's why I like um. That's why I'm like rewatching Sons of Anarchy because that's what I get from it. It's actually based off of like Shakespeare, and I don't know for some reason Shakespeare might have been the greatest white man to ever live as far as artistically speaking because. A lot of the shit that he wrote on, the human emotions that his books are based on, are super applicable to this day. You understand what I'm saying? Like, pride can be your your best friend and your worst enemy. You understand what I'm saying? The shit that jealousy leads people to do. All these narratives are still... That's why people still make movies. That's why The Sons of Anarchy is good, because it's based on what? It's based on Hamlet. And that's why it's such a great fucking series, because it's just... I don't know how, I don't know why, but that nigga was an extreme masterful sociologist where he just got people's emotions and he got people's downfalls and shit like that. Right. So if he didn't steal it, because, you know, behind every dope white person, there's a black man that wrote it. It might have been a Moor somewhere that wrote these Shakespeare yeah, stories. It might be old African folklore. Something like Walt Disney. Yeah, he probably had a nigga to live with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wrote all about don't trust the white man is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yo, so, um, another week, another no Tina, another no call, no show by Tina. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> ADD podcast, man, ZD. You want to say anything before we dip, man? Nah, man, you know regular, they, they know what it is. I'm always on here, all right? DJ ZD on Twitter. DJ ZD 718 Instagram. That is what it is. Facts, man. Um... So, basically, we got another live show coming up towards the end of September. Um, done with um, my man Dizzy Brown from Mixy Society. Uh, we had him on last week, so we decided to do a live show with him. So, this is going to be the first ever radio show, live radio show, podcast, like, in the history, you know. You know, just more events upon your head top, like I told you last year, man. That was the motto for last year. We're going to finish up this year, like, extra, extra strong. Um, we're going to drag ZD and Tina out the crib. They're going to get their events done. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Um, you just going to continue putting on, man. Um, ADD Podcast, man, our new page. Um, if you're listening to this, you see our new page then. Subscribe, like, comment, give us, you know, the five stars. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing less, you know. Um, follow us on SoundCloud. Um, what you call it? Yeah, follow us on the IG, upon the IG thing, at the ADD Podcast, man. Um, slap shot you on IG. I never plug my shit. Um, yeah, man, and just shout out to everybody that, you know, just transferred over seamlessly when we came back, man. Um, ADD Podcast, we will be back. Uh.